Good Wife and the Little People, written by Elizabeth W. Grierson and read by David White. Once upon a time there was a rich farmer who had a very thrifty wife. She used to go out and gather all the little bits of wool which she could find on the hillsides and bring them home. Then, after her family had gone to bed, she would sit up and card the wool, spin it into yarn, then she would weave the yarn into warm cloth to make garments for her children. But, as you can fancy, all this work made her feel very tired. Indeed, she was so tired that one night, sitting at her loom, she laid down her shuttle, buried her head in her hands, and burst out crying. Oh, that someone would come to help me, from near or far, from land or sea. She sobbed in her hands as she said it. No sooner had the words left her lips than she heard someone knocking at the door. Who's there? she cried, going to the door and placing her ear to the keyhole. Tall quarry, good housewife, open the door to me. As long as I have, you'll get, was the answer, spoken in a strange and unknown tongue. After some hesitation, she opened the door and there on the threshold stood the oddest little woman she'd ever seen, dressed in a green dress and wearing a white mutch on her head. The good wife was so astonished that she simply stood and stared at her strange visitor, but without uttering another word, the little woman ran past her and seated herself at the spinning wheel. The mistress shut the door and turned to go back into the kitchen, and but before she reached it, she heard another knock, and when she went and asked who was there, another queer, shrill voice answered, Tall quarry, good housewife, open the door to me, as long as I have you'll get. And when she opened the door, there was another queer little woman in a white mutch and a lilac frock standing on the threshold. She too ran into the house without waiting to say by your leave and picking up the distaff began to put some wool on it. Then, before the good wife could get the door shut, a funny little mannequin with green trousers and a red penny came out of the darkness and following the tiny woman into the kitchen seized hold of a handful of wool and began to card it. And another wee-wee woman followed him, and then another tiny mannequin, and another, and another, until it seemed to the good housewife that all the fairies and pixies in Scotland were coming to her house. The kitchen was alive with them. Some of them were hanging the great pot on the fire to boil, water to wash the wool that was dirty, some were teasing the clean wool, and some were carding it. Some were spinning it into yarn, and some were weaving the yarn into great webs of cloth. And the noise they made was enough to make her head run round. Splash, splash, whir, whir, clack, clack. The water in the pot bubbled over, the spinning wheel whirled, the shuttle in the loom flew backwards and forwards. It seemed as if she would be deafened by the fray. And the worst of it was that they all cried out for something to eat. And although she put on her girdle and baked bannocks as fast as she could, the bannocks were eaten up the moment they were taken off the fire. And yet, her uncanny visitor shouted for more. At last, the poor woman was so perplexed that she went into the next room to wake her husband and see if he could not still the tumult. But, to her horror, she found that although she shook him with all her might, she could not wake him. It was very plain to see he was bewitched. 
terrified almost out of her senses at this new misfortune, and leaving the fairies eating her last batch of bannocks, she stole out of the house and ran as fast as she could to the cottage of a wise man, who lived about a mile away. She knocked on his door until he got up and put his head out the window to see who was there. Then she told him the whole story. He listened in silence until she was finished. Then he shook his head at her gravely. Thou foolish woman, he said. Let this be a lesson to thee never to pray for things thou dost not want. For thy prayer may be granted, as it hath been granted tonight, and the answer may only bring trouble on thine own head. For, before thy husband can be loosed from the spell with which these little people have bound him, they must be got out of the house and the filling water which they have boiled thrown over him. And in order to get them out of the house, thou must hurry to the top of the little hill which lies behind the cottage, which some of the country folk call Burg Hill, and other call the Fairy Now. And when thou hast climbed to the top, thou must shout three times with all thou might, Burg Hill is on fire! Then will all the fairies run out to see if it be true, for that is where they dwell. And when they are out of the cottage, thou must slip inside and bar the door. And as quickly as thou canst, thou must turn the kitchen topsy-turvy and upset everything that the fairies have worked with. Else, if they return before thou hast done so, the things that their fingertips have touched will open the door and let them in in spite of thee. So the housewife went away and climbed to the top of the hillock and cried three times with all her might. Burg Hill is on fire! And sure enough, almost before she had finished, the door of the cottage was flung open and all the little fairy folk came running out, knocking one another over in their eagerness to be the first at the hill, and each of them calling for the thing which they had valued most and left behind them in the fairy now. In the confusion, the good housewife slipped down the back of the now and ran as fast as she could to her cottage. And I can tell you that, when she was once inside, it did not take her very long to bar the door and turn everything upside down. She took the band off the spinning wheel and twisted the head of the distaff the opposite way. She lifted the pot of filling water off the fire and turned the room topsy-turvy and threw down the carding combs. Then, when she had done everything she could think of, she put the girdle once more on the fire and set to work to bake a girdleful of bannocks for her husband's breakfast, for the fairies had eaten up every bite of bread in the house. She was busy at this when the little folk, who had soon found out that Burkill was not on fire at all, returned and knocked on her door. Good housewife, let us in, they cried. I cannot open the door, she answered, for my hands are fast in the door. Then the fairies began to appeal to the things which they had been working with, Good spinning wheel, get up and open the door, they whispered. How can I, answered the spinning wheel, seeing that my band is undone? Kind distaff, open the door for us. That I would gladly do, said the distaff. I cannot walk, for my head is turned the wrong way. Weaving loom, have pity and open the door. I am all topsy-turvy and cannot help myself, far less anyone else, sighed the loom. Filling water, 
Open the door, they implored. I am off the fire, growled the filling water, and all my strength is gone. The fairies were getting tired and patient. Oh, is there nothing that will come to our aid and open the door, they cried. I will, said a little bally bannock that was lying toasting on the hearth, and she rose and trundled quickly across the floor. But luckily, the housewife saw her, and she nipped her between her finger and thumb just as she was halfway across the floor. And because she was only half-baked, she fell with a splatch on the cold flags. Then the fairies gave up the attempt to get back into the kitchen, and instead they climbed up by the windows into the room where the good housewife's husband was sleeping, and they swarmed up on his bed and tickled him until he became light-headed and talked nonsense and flung himself about as if he was in a fever. What in the world shall I do now, said the good housewife to herself, and she wrung her hands in despair. When, all of a sudden, she remembered what the wise man had said about the filling water, and she ran to the kitchen, lifted out a little of the pot, and carried it back and threw it over the bed where her husband was. In an instant, he woke up in his right senses, and, jumping out of the bed, he ran across the room and opened the door. The fairies vanished, and they've never been seen again from that day to this. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every week with more folkloric content from stories to analysis. The podcast is brought to you by Folklore Scotland, the charity that tells the tales of the past with the technology of today. Our aim is to make the compiling and sharing of folktales accessible through digital streams. If you'd like to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, send us an email at info at You can also check out all of our social media links in the show notes. If you would like to support the work we do, we have now launched a Ko-fi page where you can make a small contribution that will go a long way in helping us carry out the work we do. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.